The security clearance process is complicated. Maybe you find yourself applying for a position with the national security community and then finding yourself with questions you don't know how to answer. Maybe you've held an active security clearance for decades and now find yourself wondering if you need to report that DUI or if your bankruptcy will be flagged under the new continuous vetting program. Security clearance policies are changing and it can be hard to keep up. Whether you're a security clearance applicant, defense industry hiring manager, or government agency, it's okay to have questions. We have the answers. Welcome to Security Clearance Insecurity on Federal News Radio. Brought to you by your hosts, Lindy Kaiser of clearancejobs.com and Sean Bigley. Hi, this is Lindy Kaiser with clearancejobs.com and welcome to this episode of Security Clearance Insecurity on Federal News Radio. Today I am incredibly excited and honored and proud to be talking to Maggie Feldman Pilt. She is the CEO and founder of both Unicorn Strategies and the NatSec Girl Squad. It has been a while since we've chatted, but I think we've talked, we've seen each other in the distance. We kind of have a shared interest in the national security workforce, making things better, improving access to employment opportunities, obviously big over at clearancejobs.com. NatSec Girl Squad has been a big part of that, helping to make these careers really accessible and just awareness of national security issues to diverse audiences. So again, I think the last time we chatted, I want to say 2019, you've been doing a ton of stuff since then, but I saw you're having another event. It looks to be pretty significant, pretty huge. It is happening January 8th and 9th. Talk a little bit about the conference. Talk a little bit about even just NatSec Girl Squad and Unicorn Strategies, because there has been a lot going on in the past few years. Again, the pre and post COVID times, whatever those are. Yeah. And it's so exciting to get to hang out. And you're right, like 20 2019 was both a minute ago, right? And 600 years ago. You know, you and I are both sort of both famous and infamous for having pink and purple hair, respectively. Mine's looking a little gray. I'm going to blame it on the conference. I also think it's probably just from like the last four years, right? So when we last spoke at the NATSEC Girl Squad annual conference in 2019. That was, I guess, maybe our second or third annual conference. And to me at the time, and still in retrospect, it was enormous, right? It We had like a huge chunk of the conference floor at the Merritt Wardman Park, which was an enormous hotel. We had dozens of federal agencies. We had like gosh, maybe 60 sessions, 400 people. And I was like, I'm never doing anything this big again. LOL, my friends. Right. So that was December 2019. We all sort of know what happened in March of 2020. If you don't, then you're either A, not old enough to be listening to this podcast or B, I want to know what it is that you're doing to forget. Sign me up. Something that we had mentioned at the conference in 2019 was this idea of, you know, NATSEC Girl Squad, which is predominantly women in the national security and defense, federal law enforcement and intel space. It's not just women. And many of us are in DC, but are not always in DC. A lot of people are elsewhere. Probably most importantly, the overwhelming majority don't use social media, or at least not in the way that like the quote, average millennial, Gen X, Gen Z person does. And so we had started to talk about what would it look like to have kind of a private social network and platform to be able to connect as a community, stay in touch and do a lot of learning. So again, this is December 2019. And everyone's like, no, snowballs, chance, not doing it. Don't want to be on the internet. Don't want to do this at all, whatever. And I get it. And I was kind of in the same place and I couldn't let it go which I think is something I'm pretty well known for not letting things go. March rolls around, March 13th, right? And I send this email out. We just had our board meeting trying to decide what to do next. 
And our board was like, listen, this COVID thing is going to be bigger than we think. So we set a goal of doing a thousand virtual events and trainings over the course of 2020 to build this platform that we had talked about. And our goal was to launch it for the 2020 conference. And it was a doozy. We ended up doing much closer to 2,000 events and trainings between March and December. We had never done a single thing on Zoom before, and we were Zoom pros by the end. And we did, in fact, launch the platform, Herd Mentality, it's called, for the conference in 2020. And it was our biggest conference and longest conference to date. We did five days. We had 1,200 attendees, like 500 speakers, entirely virtual. It was so much fun. And we learned an awful lot. We had to build, you know, a KYC and know your customer platform, very similar to what clearance jobs needs to do, right? To make sure that the people on there are who they say they are. And some of the considerations for that are particularly interesting when you're talking about predominantly women focused group. We learned so much. It was so much fun. I'd never done really anything techie before. And now I'm like, you know, I feel like an old pro. So that was 2020, 2021, sort of a similar vein. We kept getting bigger and doing more and more. 2022, I was in the early stages of writing a book that I'm almost maybe done with now. We'll see. And so we kind of low-keyed it for the conference. And this year we are back overwhelmingly in person, January 8th and 9th. And I'm a fan of dreaming big. You know this. We've known each other for a long time. We do things our own way. This is a monster of an event, even by my own standards, right? Like I'm tired just doing this intro about it. I looked at the conference agenda and it is, I mean, but I remember that from the last time you were in person. I do feel like it is It is a conference that barks some emotion, which I appreciate a lot of variety. And you have what I really appreciate about even the agenda this year, you kind of break down what you can expect from the different things. Cause that is the problem. Like the culture of secrecy seems to touch everything we do in this industry. And a lot of times it's even when you walk into an event and you have no idea what to expect in terms of like the culture and Hey, how many people are going to be in this room? What kind of conversation? are going to happen in this room, like how open or closed. And I think there's room for all of that. Like, I mean, I think we know, I know some meetings I go to are very much off the record, very much. I never, nothing happened there. I didn't anything. So I get that, but it's hard if you don't know that culture. So you are very great and straightforward about showing the different aspects of that with this conference. There are a ton of things going on. For me, again, reading the agenda, I believe there's legitimately something for everybody. If you're a government agency, you're a contractor. Yes. If you are entry level and not currently working in national security. Yes. If you have spent 30 years in this industry and you have a lot to give back, this is for you kind of talk, but maybe what can each of those, some of those stakeholders expect to get from that? Why is there value for them? Yeah, it's a great question. And our sort of motto for NASA Girl Squad is build as you climb. The idea is that you should be able to define success for yourself and achieve that and then change your mind and do it again. And some of that definitely pushes up against the traditional culture of national security where, you know, you pick one glide path at 18 and that's it, friends. That's just not the world anymore. (laughs) I think a lot of that has to do with the more thorough integration of technology and things that we used to call emerging tech are just like normal tech now. You have to be a little bit more, not just resilient, but it's just less linear. And so the conference, as you mentioned, very much a reflection of Natsik Girl Squad, there are intentional opportunities 
both for career advancement and mentorship and giving back for everyone. So if you are a student in community college, you're still thinking, what do you want to do? There is an opportunity for you to do some near peer mentorship. There's an opportunity for you to get a job. There's an opportunity for you to do a bunch of really cool sessions to kind of build skills and subject area expertise. There's also an opportunity if you're a senior executive 30 years in thinking, what do I want to do next? You know, so it is. there's absolutely a heavy emphasis and opportunity for people to mentor and support one another. But something that has been, you know, a frustration for me, and I think a lot of people in our community, is that there's this expectation that it, you hit a certain point and it's just easy. It's not. <laughs> the challenges change, right? And so we're really big on making sure that there's not ever a time in someone's career, if they're coming to the event, that there isn't something that they get out of it for themselves, right? You should always be self-interested. We really intentionally build into the agenda, not just things like the Executive Women's Forum, but we make sure that every partner that comes to participate and set up a booth, if they're doing recruitment, that they are not exclusively recruiting for one category of role, right? So whether that's a specific skill set or where somebody is in their career. Everybody who comes to participate as a partner or as an exhibitor is recruiting for entry level internship all the way up through senior executive. Otherwise, they're not there. Doesn't make sense, right? Of course, we don't have manals. Like, how would that even happen? The only times we, quote, allow men to speak, men are welcome to moderate. We love when a man comes to moderate. So helpful. We will also welcome specific men to participate if we are looking for somebody in a particular role and that role happens to be occupied by a man. That's generally in in the federal government space. But we make sure all of our panels, all of our workshops, everything is truly a mix of people at all different points in their career. So one of the panels I'm most excited about, How to Beat a Dictator, which is about exactly what you think it is, has a current assistant secretary of state and somebody who is in their first job out of college. And they're both panelists and they're on equal ground. And that is intentional because it doesn't just help build sort of the more matrixed network and relationships that we frankly see occur a lot more with men in the national security space. Also make sure that you will never, ever, ever come to an Atsec Girl Squad event, let alone this conference, and be like, oh, I've heard all of this before. Even if the sessions have similar titles, I promise you, no one has ever had that experience because we set it up so that the speakers are not people you're going to hear from elsewhere. I think whether you're looking for a new role, you're thinking about how do I grow in my current role, you're thinking about how do I you know, deal with the chaos that is USA Jobs. We always have OPM come and do USA Job sessions. I don't know why they keep coming. I'm grateful that they do, but like people aren't necessarily you know, showering them with praise <laughs> and yet they still come. So whether that's you or you're thinking, gosh, I'm you know, at this critical point in my career, I'm trying to make that jump from 14 to 15, I'm trying to get become an SEA or the civil society, academia, private sector equivalent, and you're really looking to grow your sort of brand and your thought leadership. We have a session on what to look for when you're looking for institutional affiliations. So whether that's a board seat or an adjunct fellowship, we do media training. There's really something for everyone, and that is by design. We also have child care, which seems to be a thing for people that they're like, why? I'm like, because... It's hundreds of women, and statistically speaking, women are still overwhelmingly more responsible for family care. I I love that. I mean, and I love the conference. I mean, you have, you talk about fashion and attire and you, and these 
things matter. I think sometimes we try to pretend like those things aren't relevant, but we get questions about that. It's kind of like the destigmatizing the process. It's like if you are a woman, you are probably more likely to encounter issues with what to wear, all of that. The childcare piece of it as a single parent, I will say I have to make decisions on what I attend based on childcare for my kids. And I have had many times where I've not been able to attend an event because of a lack of childcare. It just, it does make a difference. So these are not issues that are just specific to women, but I think sometimes we have the avenue to open up the door and then say like, and for the record, if you're a man and you have some fashion questions too, by all means ask, we are opening the door for you to be able to ask those questions. Absolutely. Right. And like the childcare question, you know, our intended moderator for this year, if the army lets him is a man. And he's also been one of the kind of like leading public voices on childcare within DOD, right? Because this affects everybody. You're totally spot on. No stone is unturned. Nothing is off limits. And I think, honestly, that's probably why there's so much overlap and exciting collaboration between Clearance Jobs and Natsec Girl Squad and Unicorn more broadly is because you guys are really honest about the SF-86 process. And so are we. So you're moderating a session, right, on dating in the national security space. We've got a matchmaker coming. We've got experts on healthy relationships. And really, this is coming out of very quiet but frequent conversations that have been happening at the margins of Natsec Girl Squad events and quite loudly within the community for many years. And as dating apps and things like that have become more and more how people meet and trying to figure out how to navigate that, we couldn't continue to have the conference and say, we won't ignore anything without talking about this thing that is a real stressor for people and clothing, a real stressor for people, right? We know there's so much research showing the amount of time that women spend deciding what to wear each year is like the equivalent of a whole month. Like that's cumulative. And so we try to make that a little easier because there's no shame in it. It's just life. And these are just issues that come across. Like I had that moment from early on in my career where I met with a mentor and she actually told me that my career might progress better if I wore my hair in a bun and dressed more conservatively. Like this is legitimate advice that is given out to women that I'm sure a man does not get sat there and said, I'm sure you're brilliant, but I'm just going to say if you wore a suit and not a t-shirt, you might perform better in an IT space. This is advice that disproportionately women do get. I mean, and it, it's just a fact. There is some aspect of like, if my hair wasn't pink, would I perform better? It just depends. And But I think we should also have freedom to, to some extent make those choices and say, if authenticity matters, this is what I'm going to bring to the table. And this agency might be a great fit for me and this one isn't. Right. And and it's important to know that, right? I think another area that we're really excited to get into and this conversation will be off the record is um, so Stephanie LaRue, who's the chief DEI officer at ODNI, is coming to talk and to also moderate a session on careers in the IC. It's going to be candid, right? These are going to be people that are in the IC or recently out you know, people who have navigated choosing between job offers and it came down to they were either able to drive or not able to drive due to a disability. And would the agency make it possible for them to get to work without having to pay hundreds of dollars a year in car service? You know, these are conversations that we have to have. Like, this is life. I think sunshine is the best disinfectant for when something goes wrong. Sometimes things just are the way they are and there can be good reason for them and that's okay. 
it's so important for everybody involved to have free and open and complete information, right? And that goes both ways. And that's a big part of this. And that is why we do things like diplomatic security is coming. They're great. We work with them all the time. And they're going to run a session at like a workout, a PFT, and then talk about how to train for the PFT because people get really stressed out about that 1.5 mile run. And it is kind of stressful if you're not a runner. Like we're just going to deal with it. Yeah. For the record, register for the conference, get your tickets now. Don't wait till the last minute. So attend the conference. But I also want to talk a little about herd mentality while I have you, because again, that's something that's sprung up since we last chatted. So who's herd mentality for? Is it maybe useful to get on the platform before the conference? Are those things connected at all? Just talk a little bit about herd mentality for me. Yeah. For those wondering, it's H-E-R-D because, you know, the name of the company, myself and my partners, everything is unicorn themed. That's just how we operate. It's been through a few iterations since we first launched it, largely due to just understanding the community better, right? So when we first started, we really felt strongly about making sure that it was accessible from the app store. And then I learned that I was old and that people don't really care about using it on the app. They just want to use it on their computer. And I was like, oh, helpful because it costs 40 grand to keep it in the app store each year. But what is herd mentality? So each user, we can talk about how you become a user in a minute, has their own profile and you interact with one another. We host events, we host trainings, we host courses, both asynchronous and live on there. We do whole microcerts. We did a microcert last year, I think, on US-Mexico relationship and security cooperation. And, and the certification culminated in a trip to Mexico City. Time of our lives. Got my ears pierced on the street. Nobody loved that except me. Uh- <laughs> But we, you know, it was also an incredibly useful trip, right? And and included members from federal law enforcement, from the IC, from private sector, from the tech space. It was great. But so we do all of this on herd mentality and, and people message one another. You can host your own event. It really has sort of like that Facebook connectivity vibe, right? There's posts and this core sort of foundation in information sharing. And what is most important to me and kind of the piece that I'm most proud of is the KYC, the Know Your Customer platform, which is really important for our community. Again, not just because we're women and not just because most of us are in the national security or adjacent space, but because both of those things. And so we work with an incredible company called Giant Oak. They usually work with the banking industry, DHS, DOD, across the IC. We have worked with them to create a tool based off of their kind of like well-known tool called Ghost, Giant Oak Search Tool, convenient name, that people give us their information, right? So it's your first name, your last name, your address, your phone number, things like that. It does the work of Googling for us. We have it set so it's only publicly available information. And then it tells us on a scale of one to 10, how likely is it that the information we're getting back is on the person that we're actually looking for, right? Because sometimes there's familiar names. And then we can look at it and see like, is this person who they say they are? Is this person a real person? Is this person a threat to the community, right? And it's not uncommon that, you know, people will sign up and are bad actors. And so it keeps us as reasonably well as possible from having those people on the platform. Something we're really, really proud of. We've gotten a lot of attention from US government for it incredibly proud of that. And it's been able 
to really help with a lot of the recruiting processes, particularly in federal law enforcement. And we've seen, you know, kind of some really interesting data on it resulting in more diverse populations matriculating in to federal employment, which is really exciting. But so how it relates to the conference for this year, since it's our first time all the way back in person, it's going to be really great. It's this opportunity to sort of augment all the cool stuff we've been talking about by making it easier to connect ahead of time, plan while you're there, communicate while you're there, and stay in touch after. All ticket holders will have access to a particular part of herd mentality where there will be sort of like a shadow agenda. It's the exact same agenda, but it's how you RSVP for various sessions. So you can see who else is going, particularly because not all of our speakers are listed on the public agenda, right? Like Ann Newberger is listed because she's Ann, but you're not going to see all the people speaking in their IC roles, of course. So you'll see a little bit more of that on herd mentality and you'll be able to reach out to other attendees, speakers, moderators and all of the exhibitors. You want to send your resume ahead of time in addition to submitting it to us to pass off? Go ahead and do that. You want to set up a one-on-one with somebody that you've long admired and now you're going to be in the same place at the same time? Awesome. Do that. That's what it's for. We can't see what you're doing. That's sort of the point. You know, the same structure and platform and design that we put together is what the Naval War College uses for their senior leadership course. So we're also really proud of that. Frankly, it makes it easier for our ops team because like, we don't have to figure out how many people are going to be in each room. We don't have to handle registration for the on-site yoga class. You just do it yourself. It's great. We're really excited about it. I love that. And I love that community, kind of building community and extension you know, of the in-person and taking that offline. Also, so that's a good tie-in. Like, You probably do have opportunities still for sponsorships. I, I'm transparent about this. These conferences don't take place without partners coming alongside. And so those companies, like exhibitors, I know you have government agencies, but it is a good time. Probably as we as we air this, it'll be close to, to crunch time, but I probably never too late to say, hey, jump in as someone who wants to partner and be a part of this. And like I say, the capacity that you have there under herd mentality to make those connections happen really gives a lot of value to an exhibitor or a partner or somebody who's being a part of that. And then transparency of having an actual person to connect to. That's huge for us at clearance jobs. So like for the positions posted at clearance jobs, we kind of a part of our value proposition is actually you can actually see the recruiter who posted it and contact with them it makes such a difference. A hundred percent. You are spot on. And I really appreciate you bringing this up because you guys know you run these events. It's really hard. It's really hard. But I think every organization, federal agency or private sector that has ever partnered with us has always come back. We only ever end up with repeat offenders, which is to say that it grows each year. But Nobody has ever participated and said this wasn't worth it. So we are certainly open and eager to include more sponsors, more partners, more exhibitors. We have a ton of different options. We really, much like the rest of the conference, kind of go out of our way to find a way to partner with any company, organization, department, agency that wants to partner with us. We work really hard to make the ROI clear for attendees and for our partners because it goes both ways. And so if you're thinking about it, you know, please reach out to us. We do everything we can to make space regardless. There's no partner that is, quote, too weird. We do it all. Um, And I would say, like, the number one thing to know is, like, this is not like any conference you've ever been to, right? This is not a situation where the speakers are off limits. Like, this, it is a completely different vibe. So if you are coming because you see somebody on the agenda that you really want to talk to, they know that. 
And that's why they're coming to this conference. They want to talk to you. So definitely reach out to us. Awesome. I love it. And I want to close just talking a little bit more about kind of this, the broader problem you're trying to solve here with NASA Girl Squad and herd mentality, which is creating more opportunities for women and diverse candidates in national security. We're heading into another election cycle. Things always seem a little more contentious. Also seems like there are more women in these positions. So we're kind of at, I've started to this, this influx of like, we see women in these positions. It is by no means a problem that's been solved. However, kind of how do we say united rather than divided, right? As we come into what is always like the political churn always happens. We're like, I feel like I don't want, want to lose the momentum we've gained. I'm sure that's what you feel is that, is there enough progress that's been made for us to say, hey, we're going to keep going on this front? What do you see maybe in the year to come? It's a great question. And I think Natsa Girl Squad is one of a number of projects that Unicorn runs. And everything we do is really focused on how do we reinforce and not just rebuild, but sort of go beyond that far into the resiliency space of national security institutions. And we try to do that as creatively and intentionally and as forward looking as possible. I have said for over a decade now that if you are soft on diversity, you are soft on defense. And I mean every single word of it. I mean it exactly how it sounds. This is not about people's feelings. This is not about window dressing. This is not about what some people might call politically correctness, which frankly, I think to call it that is just a really clear statement that you are intellectually lazy, but you know, you do you. There are so many examples of why this work matters and why if you care about America, if you care about national security, if you care about a values forward foreign policy, that if you don't care about this, you really don't care about anything else. (laughs) Whether it comes down to making sure, you know, translators are actually using the right form of a language, right? We see this all the time with Spanish, Mexican Spanish and Argentinian Spanish. not related. And the slang is really different. So if you're reading through conversations, you're reading through trying to do translation and analysis, you really want to make sure you have those words right. And that means having Spanish speakers who know different kinds of Spanish. It means thinking about, gosh, we need to build a facility for, you know, people who are fluent in conflict, how wide should those hallways be? Well, that question probably comes down to how many people are in the hallways at once. And there are some people are going to think about, okay, I'm holding a child and there's a child next to me and there's someone coming in the opposite direction more likely than others. So I would say for those that are thinking this is at all about politics, please get into another line of work. National security is not about politics. I do not have time. None of us have time. This is about how do we make the world a better place, more secure, more free, more just. And that's what we all showed up here to do. And that is what this conference is about. This conference and all of our work is about how do we strengthen these institutions and the people who wake up every morning and say, I want to be a part of that to make sure they can do that. And that silly, unnecessary things are not in their way right? That we don't miss out on a warning sign or an opportunity because we didn't know we were supposed to pay attention to people who looked like that. I love it. I don't think we can end this interview or this conversation any better place other than saying, check out Nats at Girl Squad Conference. Be sure to get your tickets now, January 8th and 9th. Partnering opportunities still available. Look forward to seeing you there. I love any event or, co- or, or place or venue where you can have a good conversation about careers in national security, policy in national security, the future of national security. 
security. And again, the NASA Girl Squad Conference will be a great place to have that conversation. So thank you so much, Maggie, for the work that you do, passion for it. I can't wait to read your book. (laughs) We're writing an encyclopedia on national security and defense for non-expert women. It's going to be a doozy. I'm really excited. I love it. Well, again, NASA Girl Squad Conference, check out Herd Mentality. Come say hi to us January 8th and 9th. Thanks so much, Maggie. Thank you for listening to this episode of Security Clearance and Security. Please note, the information provided on this program is intended as general information only and should not be construed as legal advice. Consult a security clearance attorney regarding your specific situation. Have a question about the security clearance process? Interested in submitting your own topic? Have a question you'd like us to address on a future episode? Drop us an email, editor at clearancejobs.com. Thank you for tuning in to Security Clearance and Security with your host, Lindy Kaiser of clearancejobs.com and Sean Bigley. Join us next time as we continue to answer all the questions about security clearance careers you have, but we're too afraid to ask your security manager.